The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to Site Migration. Week on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and this week we're going to publish an episode every day covering a case study that walks you through the steps of an enterprise grade site migration. Joining us for Site Migration Week is Doug Bell, who's the Chief Marketing Officer at Searchmetrics, which is an SEO and content marketing platform that helps enterprise scale businesses monitor their online presence and make data driven decisions. Yesterday, we talked about why Searchmetrics decided to go through a site migration. And today, we're going to continue our conversation by talking about the pre-launch phase, getting ready for a site migration and understanding who's doing the implementation. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, here's the second installment of Site Migration Week with Doug Bell from Searchmetrics. Doug, welcome back to Site Migration Week on the Voices of Search podcast. Ben, I have to say, I really questions whether I would return today given just how really mean you were about the old website. But uh, I'm back and you're welcome. Doug, we covered a lot of ground yesterday, uh, mostly talking about the reasons for your site migration. And really, I'm going to stick to my guns and saying a big portion of that was because I told you that your site sucked for about four years. Finally, you've seen the light. Let's let's talk about a bit of a tip here, which is which consultants to ignore. Ben, I'm going to put you on that list. I probably earned that. But, you know, hey, now I'm the uh, voice of the voices of search. So uh, you're kind of stuck with me anyway. So... Anyway, let's talk about site migrations. Finally, you decided to bite the bullet. Talk to me about what you did to actually plan for a site migration and how did you figure out who was going to be in charge? Okay, big tip. First one, huge. Get your resources right, folks. Do not underestimate just how resource-intensive a site migration is. 
And so we talked yesterday, Ben, about how important our digital strategies group was. And that's all about the analytical and all about the preparation phase. But the other piece I would say is find great partners that can help you with the design and find great partners that can help you with the build. In our case, we were really lucky to get our hands on an amazing product manager, a guy named Stefan Dietz, based out of our Berlin office, who had done much bigger and much more complex websites before. We brought him as a product lead. I also have to give a huge shout out to our new now partners, also a Berlin-based design agency. That's the key thing. I have to say, as much as we have some design expertise internally, and certainly a lot of expertise about site migrations, we didn't have product management. We did not have website design expertise in-house. And so go get those folks first. So when you think about building out your site migration team, it seems like the place you started was figuring out who the captain of the ship was going to be. You started with your product managers. And in your case, you went for design and engineering resources next. Am I thinking about this the right way? Right. So we assigned two project leads from our digital strategy groups teams, one in the US and then one in Germany. And that was because the search metrics team was split between those two regions. We also, almost the minute we decided to do the project, engaged with our amazing DevOps team at Search Metrics. And our DevOps team is not just responsible for our website, they actually are responsible for the infrastructure for our entire product suite. So, really highly qualified, really capable people. And then, of course, we engaged our own web development resources. And I think the smartest thing we did, Ben, however, I will tell you, is that we immediately found development resources that could ride and partner with us so that we weren't overwhelming our development resources internally. And that way, we were able to split the project. So new development was occurring with an outsourced resource. And then we were running a project in parallel. Big hint here, guys. Look at your sites, Pete. As you're heading into one of these migrations, great opportunity to make improvements there. And so we effectively split those development resources into new sites and improving site speed on the old site. And because we used our existing infrastructure and WordPress instance for the new site and existing domain, we were able to actually benefit from that site speed initiative before porting over to the new site. So once you figure out who's going to be on your team and you're breaking this down, product management, design, engineering, some internal, some external resources, you obviously also had SEO consultants on the digital strategies group as well. What is everyone doing? Walk me through what your site plan was. Phase one, oversimplified. Ready? Go for it. Get the messaging, positioning, get the packaging, get the brand right. And all of these things and the product taxonomy had found ourselves in this spot where our platform had developed over the years, as has our services offerings, and they had gotten very complex, right? So that was an exercise unto itself, making sure that the naming was such that a consumer could easily understand what they were buying. That was really phase one, and I'm super simplifying that. As a part of that, the product was a site architecture which closely mirrored our existing site architecture. Another thing you want to do is don't completely overhaul your site architecture. Great way to really get penalized initially after launching the site by Google. But the key thing we really had there, Ben, was that we had started with a design and we're able to iterate with that design, the user experience with the DSG team. And we brought them in strategically. So effectively, you have this, I want to call it a push-pull between user experience, which tends to be content light, right? Lots of space, not necessarily tons and tons of content. And SEO teams tend to want a little bit more of that content. So we very early on, even in the prep phase, were beginning to consider the balance between SEO and user experience. One thing that sticks out that you said is that you didn't want to re-architect the site. Walk me through what you mean by that. 
Right. So without getting into submitting your HTML sitemap, you know, at the end of the day, you have an underlying architecture. And that architecture is driven by your main navigation. Sometimes people have utility navigation. But think about that as being kind of the parents and everything else below that as being the child pages. Just to make that idea very, very simple. What you want to be doing is, as much as possible, not messing with those hierarchies. You can deprecate pages, certainly. There's going to be dead content you can get rid of. But for the most part, if you are affecting that, don't add to it. In other words, your main navigation, if it's going to change, should get simpler. And that should be about user experience. Now, we certainly did some simplification. But I would say that it was a bit of a wrestling match with our SEO team for good reasons. And I would say, Ben, we're 10 days out from the launch and actually have not experienced any challenges with visibility or user experience on the site. So the stats are good. And I'm sort of happy that we had those quote-unquote arguments early on. So what I'm hearing is that you're not moving the podcast tab to your main navigation until another week or two. (laughs) I don't know, Ben. After yesterday's episode where you compared my website to a sick baby, I don't know. In fairness, I did say sick puppy. (laughs) Sick puppy. Thank you, Ben. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So walk me through some of the technical components that you went through. You've got the digital strategies group. You have your engineering resources. You've mentioned site speed was something that you wanted to sort of address multiple times. How are you, you know, crawling your site, figuring out your inventory, dealing with errors? You know, what's the process here for making sure that you're cleaning up the site as much as possible without re-architecting it? Right. So the crawls are really important. And so the first crawl you're doing, and we used our tool and a combination of other tools, but we started with site experience. And what effectively you're doing is you're creating an inventory and you're also looking for the broken stuff, right? (laughs) And so errors tend to be all over the place. We actually were surprised by some of the orphan pages we had as an example, and some cloaking we weren't aware of. So really, you're starting with this inventory. And then as you're building and you're architecting the site, what you're doing is you're trying to understand how Google might regard any changes in architecture. And then you're just looking for that low-hanging fruit, if you will. So once you go through and you've crawled and inventoried your site, you figured out what's broken, what are your next steps? 
I think the thing I failed to mention that was almost as important as treating this like a product is that we were not going to tackle this as if it were a waterfall. We were tackling this very much as an agile project, right? And so to do that, you're not necessarily doing a crawl and stopping, right? You've got another crawl that's going to be coming up. But the adjunct, the thing that couples really well with that crawl is actually a content audit. And there are tools out there that will help you do this. Uh, you don't necessarily have to go buy a, you know, a mega platform to be able to tackle it. You can actually do this on your own. There are tools within Search Console that will help you do this. But the key thing was to look at the pages that we were looking at updating or any type of architectural change we were making and to audit that content. And of course, since we have, like I said, I've got this Ferrari bin. So in some cases, especially our product pages and our digital strategies group landing pages, we use content experience. But for the most part, we were saying is, how is our content meeting the needs of our audience, our market? In other words, what are people searching for versus what are they getting when they land on those pages? So that's the quick kind of sprint content audit. We had considered actually doing a whole site audit and content audit. And again, shout out to our DSG folks. Uh, <laughs> they were very good at convincing us that it was much more about addressing the content that we currently are dealing with when we roll up the new site as opposed to the entire site itself. So you've gone through and you've taken a look at your underlying site infrastructure. You're not re-architecting. You're finding the errors. You look through your content. What are some of the other steps that you're going through before you really begin the development phase of your migration? You know, it sounds like really basic blocking and tackling, but take a look at the underlying hosting infrastructure and make sure that you're optimized for speed firstly. There's this idea of C blocks, which we don't need to get into necessarily, but make sure you're in a good neighborhood from a hosting standpoint as well. You'd be shocked at how Google can penalize you for that. And we actually, at one point, shared the AWS instance for our platform, so our product platform, with the website, which again, Ferrari, right? But at the same time, our flexibility as a team was affected because we had to get the attention of our DevOps team who was supporting this entire platform. And so one of the decisions we made early, and I never occurred for us to make this decision with our product management and DSG team, was to actually separate out that instance. Boy, that gave us all sorts of freedom and flexibility. Also, in terms of ability to problem solve from a DevOps standpoint, tons of flexibility there as well. Talk to me about some of the analytics that you're using and, and how are you trying to create benchmarks so you can understand the before so you have something to compare to the after? It's, you know, you're taking snapshots, Ben, best way I can put it. We used a combination of GA and our own software to take those snapshots. It was slightly different depending on the phase. We had situations where we scoped in and out uh, certain portions of the website. As an example, our phase one was homepage, product section, services section. And we had considered scoping in our knowledge center. And ultimately, it's a huge content hub for us. And what we ultimately decided to do was to de-scope it, if you will. And so as we were going quarter to quarter and taking a look at this project, we would benchmark and literally <laughs> we would take analytics snapshots, take our own website, and we would chart where we were. Analytics in our own product obviously have uh, historical data. It's not like we're going to lose that data, but it was much more about saying, here's the point in time where we're measuring performance and then comparing post-launch on that. It also helped, helped us find a hell of a lot of spots where we needed to improve, Ben, especially on the CRO side of things. So you're looking at things like visits to click-through rate, click-through rate to offer acceptance as an example. And as we were looking at our product pages and services pages, we were using our conversion rates on those pages as the primary benchmark after traffic and after other typical metrics like 
time on site, bounce rate, exit rate, et cetera. So we were primarily looking at our zero conversion rates, if you will, pre and post launch. What I'm hearing from you is that this phase before you actually start your development is very much centered around collecting inventory. You're trying to understand what you have in terms of a site structure problem, what you have in terms of content, what you have in terms of your business performance, what you have in terms of opportunities to optimize your hosting. You're really just looking at the lay of the land and figuring out what are the parts of your sites that are working so you could figure out where you need to invest your time developing new solutions. That's right, Ben. And this is also that kind of gut check phase as well, which is, are you appropriately resourced? And quite often, luckily for us, we were. And again, we could flex out to our own strategies group when we felt like we had resource challenges. But this is usually the phase where you find those gaps. And I would say just huge tip also, everything you estimate at 20% from a time standpoint and 20% from a resource standpoint. We did that. And frankly, we're still caught by surprise in the pre-launch phase. I would speak to the site speed portion as being somewhat surprising to us, Ben, in terms of where we need more resources. So lots of work to be done before you actually start the development phase of your site migration. This is not a type of project where you sit down and just start coding on your own. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the actual development phase of Search Metrics' site migration in tomorrow's episode. So that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Doug Bell, CMO of Searchmetrics. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Doug, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is marketadvocate, M-A-R-K-E-T-A-D-V-O-C-A-T-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is searchmetrics.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. But that's not the case anymore, thanks to Ahrefs. Because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can send us your topic suggestions, your SEO questions, or you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our show's handle is Voices of Search. Or you could reach out to me personally. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, in addition to the third part of my conversation with Doug Bell, CMO of Searchmetrics, where we talk about the development phase and how Searchmetrics has boosted site speed through their site migration, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.